So there's this command to love wisdom in a way that you pursue her with your whole life and to to be humble enough to pursue her, to not think that you know everything and that mere information will be right. Wisdom is the combination of many, many things. It is instruction and wisdom, but it's so much more than that. It's life learning, it's street smarts, and ultimately it's knowing Christ and being able to understand and value things in the world in accordance with their connection and relationship to God. Welcome to Reformed Podmatics, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Mark Van Dyke and Pastor Zach Dewey of Almond Valley Christian Reformed Church in Ripon, California. In each episode, we strive to apply Reformed theology to life and ministry in the 21st century. Thanks for joining us for this week's conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Reformed Podmatics. I am Pastor Zach. And I'm Pastor Mark. And today we're going to be talking about the dun-dun-dun AI apocalypse. Uh, As it's been hailed by a few out there, we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence and how Christians uh, can and should begin to think about it and process it. This is something that in many ways we're kind of late to the game on. AI has been in development for many, many years, some would say decades. Uh, We've started to feel its effects more and more in the last few years, uh, especially since the rise of chat GPT uh, and other forms of um, easily accessible artificial intelligence. And so it's something that Christians certainly need to be thinking about. I think that these are important developments. They're newsworthy uh, and they're things that we need to begin thinking about Mm -hmm. for the future, I think, uh, and considering how we as Christians will receive or maybe not receive them uh, into our own lives. I think we can't help but think about how technology changes the landscape in some profound ways. Uh, Just think about the use of our cell phones. Uh, I'm not sure many of us would have been able to predict just how attached we Mm -hmm. would get to our cell phones back in even just in the 90s when cell phones were sort of on the rise you would have those huge cell phones pulled out in in movies i remember with the big long antennas car phones too (laughs) yeah and i'm sure we knew that that was going to change the way that we communicated with people but Mm -hmm. i'm not sure we were we were able to really comprehend the modern smartphone as Mm -hmm. it is now Mm -hmm. and just how often we would be looking at our phones often it's the last thing we look at before we go to sleep and the first thing we look at when we wake up and i I heard someone recently say that it's pretty rare that we are ever more than a foot away Mm -hmm. from our cell phones which is a crazy thought uh, but it's quite true Uh, and even when i'm not more than a foot away, I'm often within Bluetooth range, so I can <laughs> listen to a podcast or something while I'm uh, doing chores around the house. But I think AI presents us with even more world-changing possibilities in, in some ways mm. uh, than than just a a cell phone or some other kind of technology like that. And so, again, we need to think about these things. And so, in this episode, we will hope to give sort of our own basic and brief thoughts. I think we will keep it brief, given that we're neither expert, neither of us are experts on this matter. Uh, but there are important things to consider, I think. 
Yeah. If people have been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that um, we try not to be reactionary about things. And part of the purpose of the podcast is to encourage thoughtful engagement with trends or developments in the broader culture. And so that's what we want to do with this podcast as well. I think that some people are very afraid of artificial intelligence. And in hmm. obviously through the, the podcast, we're going to be uh, encouraging you not to be afraid. I mean, that's one of the commands of Scripture. One of the most common commands, in addition to praise the Lord, is do not be afraid. And so that's one thing that we hope to achieve hmm. in this conversation is that you wouldn't be afraid um, because the gates of Hades will not overcome the church. God will keep for himself a people gathered out of humanity called the church. And so I think that sometimes people would almost mm -hmm. think AI could ruin humanity or ruin the church in a very apocalyptic way. It, it can't and it won't because God is, will be faithful to his promise. So um, at the same time, we do want to encourage thoughtful engagement with um, not just artificial intelligence, but at least keeping your eyes open to mm. what might be produced by artificial intelligence and um, not, not to be afraid, but to be thoughtful about mm -hmm. how you would respond um, to you know, th this very big trend, which is, is a little bit of a tricky thing because it's hard to tell a lot of times mm. what is produced in this way and, and what yeah. is actually produced by a person. So um, we're on one hand, don't want you to be afraid, but on the other hand, a Christian doesn't just have to accept everything that's a trend. Yeah. And I think that um, we want to fall somewhere in between those those extremes. We want to be thoughtfully engaged with the world around us um, with confidence in the Lord. Yeah, I think in so many ways, the Christian life ought to be marked by something like what we could call, I guess, joyful discernment. Yeah. Um, we're, we're joyful for the gifts of the Lord, and we want to receive the Lord's gifts to us, things that can be used, but we also need to be discerning. And so that's a sort of uh, Scylla and Charybdis, you might say, of the two different uh, dragons we need to be aware of, or two different uh, ends of the ditch that we might fall mm -hmm. into. And mm -hmm. I guess that's sort of the trademark of our of our podcast over the years, too. And, and so what might we benefit from and what, what might we be in danger from with AI? Those are questions we'll yeah. need to consider. But I think this whole conversation causes us to have to think and pause for a second to reflect on what it means even to be human. Hmm. Um, I, I think one of the, the concerns that I have about AI uh, is that it will it can limit us and it can take away our own creaturely agency uh, by doing all the work for us. Now, this is true with, of so much technology. Technology uh, has a way of doing this. Uh, that's, that's why we create technology is to make things more efficient and more productive uh, to, to help us maybe focus on other things. Mm -hmm. And so technology is not bad because it does that. But I think uh, we have to realize that various forms of technology have more of a capacity to uh, prevent us from engaging in deeply human things like thinking. And so uh, one of my concerns just out the, at the outset is that uh, in some ways we personify technology and AI is something that almost seems personal mm, because yeah. it is designed to be exactly like that to be able to think and act and even do some creative things. If you've ever seen 
AI artwork, it's quite fascinating and impressive how realistic much of it will look. Uh, and so we personify it, but in some ways we also do the reverse to ourselves. Uh, we make ourselves in some ways less human because we're, we think of ourselves as mere uh, data or information creatures that as long as we have the right data and information, everything will be good. And so we think AI is, is totally good because it can help us achieve all the right information. I, I think that it's helpful to think of ourselves not as what Jamie Smith has famously called brains on a stick. Hmm. We're not just about brains. I think as human beings, we are created in the image of God, which implies then, among other things, that we are to live in pursuit of lifelong communion with God, uh, striving for our whole lives towards intimacy with the Lord, knowledge of the Lord, and wisdom for how to live in his world. And so as I think about what it means to be human, I think it's it's much more than just something that can be acquired through mere information. Um, so much of the scriptures, particularly the wisdom literature in the book of Proverbs, uh, frame the human life as a pursuit, a lifelong pursuit of wisdom that doesn't come easily, it doesn't come quickly. You cannot get wisdom by quick Google searches and you can definitely not get wisdom just by doing chat GPT. Mm-hmm. Now, you might find good information doing these things mm-hmm. and bad information, which needs to be said. Mm-hmm. But we shouldn't be fooled into thinking that uh, we can acquire all the right information and everything will be good. We'll, we, I think some people may even use chat GPT for trying to enrich their spiritual lives. And in some ways, that may be legitimate and helpful, but in other ways, it cannot overcome uh, a daily relationship with the Lord through uh, the basic Christian disciplines of prayer, of scripture reading, of meditation, and so on. And so we we need to be careful, I think, to not lose our own humanity. I guess that's, we can start with that being a danger, Uh, but at the same time, there's definitely lots of good. And so we want to get into what are more of these dangers and sort of do's and don'ts uh, of how to use AI technology. The big question taking off sort of from that for me is how do we learn? So you mentioned wisdom. How do we gain wisdom? I think that there's a real tendency in our culture, including in Reformed church culture, to think that wisdom or information is just something to be downloaded. Just, yeah. you know, get the, read the right book. Um, almost like that scene in The Matrix where Neo, uh, the mm-hmm. main character, wants to learn Kung Fu. And so <laughs> they just pop the Kung Fu disc into yeah, his, exactly. his little brain port or whatever that would be called. And it just downloads, uploads Kung Fu to him. And then he had the famous line, I know Kung Fu, you know, mm-hmm. and he, he didn't actually ever go to learn it or, or wrestle with someone or, or learn how, why it's important to learn it. Um, it was just something that was downloaded to his brain. I think that's how, unfortunately, a lot of people think of their spiritual life or even their mm-hmm. theological development too, is they just want it downloaded. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, that though is not the biblical um, approach to learning, I would say. Obviously, it involves data transmission because we need to learn the truth. Um, you know, uh, the the famous passage from Romans, how can people know unless someone is sent um, mm-hmm. uh, to proclaim the gospel and how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? And so 
that's a big part of our job, Pastor Zach and I, is yeah. to give information and to teach good theology. But people are learning as they experience the world and as mm-hmm. they suffer, as they grieve. Um, they're learning as they serve their kids and change diapers. And, uh, you know, I, I, I told this story to our church a little while ago about how I was washing the feet of one of my boys after they had come in from outside. They were digging a hole in the mud and I had to wash their feet and I was, it just hit me like uh, very profoundly how Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. And it was a pretty rotten job to do for, hmm. for my son and uh, because he was so filthy and cold and dirty. <laughs> and uh, and so that just struck me that, that Jesus would wash the feet of the disciples. And so you can see in that example, I had known in my head, Jesus washed the feet of the disciples, yeah. but when I experienced it for my son to really wash him up um, mm-hmm. and how God washes us in, a, in an even more profound way than just physically um, was something that I learned and I still remember that. And, and now when I read that passage, it, it really has more meaning mm-hmm. for me and more application to my life. So learning is not just data, yeah. but with artificial intelligence, that is what learning becomes more about, I would mm-hmm. say, um, especially as young people or pastors are maybe replacing the hard work of learning with look, going to chat GPT to find out the answer mm-hmm. um, instead of pouring over um, 30 pages of scripture or Boving's Dogmatics or Kuiper's Pro Reggae or just really trying to dig into resources that are that you have to, you know, mm-hmm. go through with go through with a fine tooth comb, and learning happens along the way. Um, AI gives us the promise of limitless information and almost mm-hmm. perfect efficiency. We and um, information and efficiency are good, but if they become ultimate, then AI will seem to solve all our problems. But that's not really ultimately how the the only way that that humans can learn. Yeah, we. Uh, we don't just learn information and to draw closer to God. That's yeah. that's something that I think many people may listen to this podcast and they may think that we are really theologically minded as if all of ministry boils mm-hmm. down to passing on mm-hmm. theological data to people. Uh, and that's certainly not the case, uh, I, I don't think. I don't think that we can be accused of that. You know, I, I think I used to think like that many years ago prior to going to seminary. I can remember... Uh, very early on in my years of being interested in theology as a discipline, I, I specifically remember thinking that if I read Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology textbook, I would have climbed the theological Mount Everest. There would be nothing else for me to know about God, basically. It, it, that was it. I didn't know that there were other systematic <laughs> theologies. I thought that that was the only one at the time. I was about 20 years old, and I just thought, he must know everything. He's kind of like the guru of, of God. Uh, and I thought that if I studied and read that whole book, I would know everything. Hmm. And if, then I thought if I went to seminary, I would know everything. And I would just become a much holier person just by having information put into my mind. Hmm. And I've come to realize over the years and be seriously disabused of that notion. I've been, I have learned that that is really wrong. Uh, holiness comes over the course of time through lived experience and through acquiring wisdom by, by pursuing it. 
Uh, one of my favorite passages comes from Proverbs chapter 4, which is the sort of beckoning call of, uh, of wisdom. It's, it comes from the father, which would be Solomon in this case, writing to his sons. He, he writes this, uh, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live, get wisdom, get insight, do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth, do not forsake her, that is wisdom, and she will keep you, love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight, Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. And so there's this command to love wisdom in a way that you pursue her with your whole life and to to be humble enough to pursue her, to not think that you know everything and that mere information will be right. Wisdom is the combination of many, many things. It is instruction and wisdom, but it's so much more than that. It's life learning, it's street smarts, and ultimately it's knowing Christ and being able to understand and value things in the world uh, in in accordance with their uh, connection and relationship to God. Uh, and so being a wise person means loving things properly or in an orderly way. Uh, and so that takes time that takes diligence mm-hmm. that takes meditation and reconsidering things uh, that takes humility all of these these sort of virtues and principles and that's not something that ai can can quite do we can learn good things from ai i've been impressed with the way that it can spit out answers on things and get many things correct surprisingly i once saw a discussion about somebody had given a prompt about Kyperianism. Uh, what is Kyperianism, mm. or something along those lines? And it gave a fairly decent answer uh, to m- to my surprise on what Kyperianism was about. Some of the main emphases and different uh, sort of traditions within Kyperianism, but it wasn't all correct. And maybe that's another danger: is just to take everything yeah. that is said with a grain of salt. These yeah. tools are created by humans. They're written with whoever is making these codes and and writing them up and creating these algorithms, however that stuff happens, I have no idea. Yeah. It's pulling the information from somewhere. It's some, it's someone who's making sort of value judgments on things. And Mm. so, especially when we're asking chat GPT Christian questions, I would just, I'll be very careful uh, with that. It's not going to give you a purely objective answer just because you think it's a machine. Mm. There is ultimately someone behind it. Um, and I think in many ways it's it's distilling the, the zeitgeist, the spirit of the age. And so we need to recognize that as we use these, these uh, machines, these technologies. Well, what a fascinating contrast between Solomon teaching his sons to seek wisdom yeah, and personal it, it's a personal uh, connection between father and children. And um, that is the arena for... Um, the the passing down of information and wisdom in, of course, the ancient world. It was an oral culture. And and isn't it so interesting that now people, when they have a question, they go to Google or they go to ChatGPT 
um, for what the answer mm-hmm. might be. And um, it just as pastors, I think that that's a little bit discouraging to us because young people um, could be going to their parents, to pastors, to spiritual leaders who have real experience and who love them. Mm-hmm. Um, this obsession with information and efficiency really pulls away from the place of love in the the dissemination of information. Um, yeah. So um, thinking of uh, even something like, and this is in artificial intelligence, but watching the news, um, I once heard a pastor say, you know those people on Fox News or on CNN, they don't love you. Um, they, they might mm. have some love in their hearts for you know wanting to do the truth and so forth, but they don't have a relationship with you. And mm-hmm. so what they want are ratings from you. Mm-hmm. And um, whereas this, this pastor was saying in a sermon, when I come to you and, and we're talking about things that are happening in your life or even political kinds of things, I love you. And I, I really desire that you would grow in wisdom in this area. And so um, I think that at times we're so focused on information and getting that information efficiently that we would withdraw from that place of love in and how, how growing in wisdom actually helps us to grow in relationship with other people in the growing of the wisdom, in, in sort of um, ipso facto, you might say, as part mm. of what's um, what's being gained is not just the information itself, but a relationship with other people. Yeah. And so, um, on, again, the that, Jamie Smith quote about thought. brains on a stick, um, when that's all we see ourselves as, that actually gets in the way of healthy relationship with other people. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think artificial intelligence, like you said, could be helpful for gaining some of that information in a, in a quick and helpful way. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the good uses of it would be helping you get organized, um, helping you collect information, um, even just, you know, it's not really artificial intelligence, but using a search engine to look up something uh, very quickly that, mm-hmm. that could otherwise have taken a long time. Like, for example, um, I was just preaching about repentance this past Sunday, the story of David and Bathsheba. And so um, I was just wondering, what did Charles Spurgeon preach about this passage? And so found a PDF with with links to two sermons that Spurgeon has given on David and Bathsheba. Hmm. And so that kind of opened a window, and I ended up reading a lot of those sermons themselves. It wasn't just like, that's the end of it. I found my quote, I'm going to move on to the next thing. But it opened me up into kind of a, a new room, you might say, where there was information I could go in and, and sort through. Um, I think that where people see artificial intelligence as just the end of their search, mm-hmm. that's often where it would be poorly yeah. used. Instead of the beginning of launching you into thinking mm-hmm. deeply about something, or even better, going to talk with somebody about mm-hmm. something that you're really discerning. You know, I say, I, I looked up on chat GPT, um, what, you know, say what Charles Spurgeon thought about baptism or the end times. And then maybe that would prompt somebody to go and say, Hey, pastor, I heard Spurgeon said this, or Boving said this, or JC Ryle said this. And so let's talk about that. Um, unfortunately I know that that's not always where it goes, but it's the end of the search instead of the beginning. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of my fears. One of the things that precipitated even this episode was, 
uh, a discussion that I had with my youth group boy students in our small group and how they were talking about chat GPT and using it for papers that they were writing. And they all were very quick to say, I've never just plagiarized and just turned in a chat GPT essay, but I've, ha- I've prompted it to write essays and then I can see what research it pr- gives me, uh, it, what sort of sources it quotes from, and then I can go and chase those down. So they say that they're using it. And so I guess I have to believe them, but, um, with high school, people in general, I guess I have my suspicions as to how this is always being used. Uh, And that's especially true once you get into college and you have people potentially going into careers that really deeply depend on their, their rigorous study. You think of doctors, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a terrifying thought to think that surgeons in the future will have eased through their classes and their studies just by using things like this or pastors or pastors (laughs) using it to write sermons or things like that. And again, I wouldn't say it's wrong to use it for finding more, more rooms to open up so you can study more things. But I think you put it well, Mark, don't let it be the end of the search. But I also really appreciated what you said about how information for the Christian is not ever something that can be totally decontextualized from relationship. Hmm. Um, that's why we can't have a relationship with chat GPT, uh, at least not a human relationship. We can have a relationship the same way I have a relationship with my computer, I guess, but uh, it's not going to help you grow in wisdom uh, mm-hmm. in the way that a human would. And this this called to mind for me uh, a passage from First Thessalonians 2, which I preached on a couple of weeks ago, but it's a famous statement from Paul looking back on his his time with the uh, Thessalonians. He was only there for probably a few weeks, and his time was cut short. He was forced to leave, uh, and so he writes to them in First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. He says that, So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. Mm. This is a famous passage and for good reason, because it shows that ministry is never something that's merely about the dissemination of the gospel message. And the gospel message actually can't be boiled down to merely a message. It's also something that uh, it's, it's so deeply caught up with the person who shares it that their very life is part of that message. Mm. Uh, the effect of the gospel on their life is part of the message that they are to be sharing. And so the gospel, it is a message, it's good news, uh, but the way that this is shared between people is is inextricably personal. Mm. Uh, and that is, I think, a really good passage just to use as a lens into what the discipleship of the Christian life looks like. And so, yeah, chat GPT can't do that. Mm. Uh, I I have said a lot of what I would say are negative things about chat GPT. I think it's really important to say that, um, it's, it can be really great. I I just want (laughs) to, I want to get that out there. Uh, Again, we're not saying don't use these things, but, uh, just be careful. And I guess I, mm-hmm. I, in my work with young people, I think that they're still very much growing in wisdom. It's a time where that that sort of growth is extremely necessary and and often quite difficult. You can see that there's a lot of wisdom lacking. Mm. Um, 
what do they call it? The prefrontal cortex of, mm. of the young mind, especially among young men, uh, is not fully developed. And so uh, <laughs> they are lacking a lot of these, these kinds of ways of approaching the world. And so, uh, yes, there's reasons to be cautious, but it's, there's also good things. And it's sort of like Google becoming a phenomenon. It changed the world. Nobody needed to go and look at encyclopedias, which were sort of the original Google in many ways. Uh, You could just go on Google, type something in, and find something very, very quickly. I use Google all the time, uh, all the time, even for for finding out more theological or even like biblical studies sorts of things, I use Google. But you just, you do have to be careful. You have to learn disciplines and just learn discernment on what kind of sources you're, you're yeah. using and accepting and, and believing. Um, and so, yeah, those are some extra thoughts, I guess. I, I think um, one, as we start to maybe move towards wrapping up here, um, yeah. I think... Uh, I just want to encourage people to know the scriptures. So know what the Bible says, know it, memorize it, saturate your mind with the word of God so that you can discern what is good, what is best. Um, That's the prayer of the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter one. Um, But he says, my my prayer for you is that your knowledge would grow or that you would grow in knowledge and depth of insights that you would Mm. discern what is best. So not just discern what is uh, helpful or what could seem helpful right now, but to to discern what is best. And so that comes from knowing the scriptures. Hmm. Um, And Hmm. when you know the Bible, I think that people then are are freed to use these resources with their eyes open, um, using the Bible as the refining... um, the measuring stick, the canon, yeah. right? That's what I think the word means, the, yeah. the canon. It's the measuring stick of that by which we measure all other truth. And so um, when, when you're confident in knowing the Bible and being full of the Spirit who not only inspired the Bible but helps you now understand it, um, mm. you don't have to be afraid of something like artificial intelligence. However, let's recognize we live in a very biblically illiterate society and even um, churches are places with a lot of biblical illiteracy, a lot of ignorance about what the Bible teaches, could be swept away by, what does the Apostle Paul call, uh, any wind of teaching. Um, yeah. and, um, and so knowing the scriptures is paramount and essential in this conversation, for sure, um, and in the Christian life. Um, and, and once you know it, I think that, that then people can, can use some of these tools. I, the reason that I thought of that is a comment that Elon Musk made to Joe Rogan during a conversation about artificial intelligence. So, um, hmm. obviously, Elon Musk is kind of like the Tony Stark. You know, the, <laughs> I mean, he's like the tech yeah. guy who has um, who has just done. I mean, he started was I think PayPal is where things started out for him. Oh, I, I didn't believe even know that. Um, could be. and and then sold it and uh, and really has built all these different tech companies, obviously Tesla. Now he's mm. in charge of X, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> and uh, That should be the official domain, I think. X, formerly known as Twitter.com. Yeah. <laughs> and SpaceX, of course. He's sending rockets out to space. And so uh, an official uh, or a, a good source about technology and what the future of that might look like. Joe Rogan yeah. asked him, what about artificial intelligence? Elon Musk very wisely said, 
um, I don't think we have to worry as much about AI taking over governments and things mm-hmm. like that, um, almost like a Terminator 2 understanding yeah. the, the, mach- <laughs> the rise of the machines, yeah. you know, um, they took over the world and now humanity serves machines. Um, he's like, I don't think we have to worry about as, as much about that. But he said, again, very wisely, the pen is mightier than the sword. And so where, th- where information mm-hmm. is so controlled and curated and manipulated um, so that a public is only hearing from certain perspectives, from certain um, understandings of how things should work or have worked even in the past hmm. uh, or not worked in the past, then that's going to be shaping society in a very particular direction. And yeah. so that to some people sounds like um, an apocalypse, right? That sounds like um, a, a dystopia to live in. Mm-hmm. And in, a, in some ways it would be, unless the church knows the word of God. So that is the, the remedy to misinformation, to, um, I would say, and any time you're, you're finding there's a cultural movement in a certain direction, like we can think of the sexual revolution, if we know the word of God, then mm-hmm. um, some good things from the sexual revolution, like uh, protecting women um and not not misusing uh sort of power like what yeah. happened often i mean just in a in an assumed way i would say before the me too movement mm-hmm. um that hey that's something that the bible does address and um and and that's something that we can embrace even yeah. uh in in recent years that um you can't get away with sexual harassment in the workplace anymore that's a good thing that we can embrace um however a very very large part of the sexual revolution has just been so destructive and Mm -hmm. why do we think that it's because of what the scriptures say Mm -hmm. Um, and so where information might might be given to us that would say oh it's this is all good and there's a freedom now and so forth um no when we when we measure it according to what the bible says um, we would see that that freedom is actually going to just lead into different kind of slavery. Mm-hmm. So um, knowing the Bible really will enable Christians not just to discern yeah. information, but to, to live wisely in community that, um, that God has designed for a certain purpose to, to live in a certain way. Yeah, and then I think with that, then we can receive these things as a gift Yeah, uh, and, and use them well and wisely. There's no need to be Amish about, yeah, right. about these things, yeah. uh, but that wisdom is necessary. And so it's, it's a step that uh, is needed. It's sort of like with anything else in life, we require wisdom for uh, things that are, that require lots of responsibility. And so we require, like with driving, for example, we don't just let anyone drive. You have to be trained and you have to learn how to do it. And that learning is not just something you do from books. You have to actually go out and, be taught physically how to drive, how to mm-hmm. maneuver a vehicle mm-hmm. and operate it in a safe way that's safe for you and for others around you. And once you do that, then then you can use a car freely and it can be such a great blessing. Uh, and it's in the same way, we need to develop and be trained in the school of holiness and wisdom mm. uh, before we use things like chat GPT or other forms of AI in a 
rather willy-nilly way, uh, just thinking that they are neutral. Nothing is neutral. Mm. Uh, things can negatively affect us. We must be careful and wise and committed to following Christ in all things. Uh, so unless there's anything else to yeah. say, Mark, I think we can close it off there. Uh, we hope and pray that this has been an encouraging and helpful discussion for you. Uh, and we should say happy Thanksgiving yes, to that's everyone. What I was, my last word was going to be uh, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hope it's great seeing friends and family. And we look forward to being with you again next week. Grace and peace, you guys. All right, bye.